All right, we're joined in studio by my good friend. It's like been 25, 30 years. I'm sorry to age us like that. Um, Shelly Larrick, she is joining us here. How are you this morning? I'm great. I think it may be over 30, Alex. Isn't it crazy? Want... <laughs> it is crazy. It is crazy. So some of the people listening may know you as Shelly Sweeney. Yeah, she used to work with us at MCI when we used to have that. I used to lay the smack down on her in sales because we always competed. Okay, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I always wait for you to correct yourself on that. <laughs> Shelly, we, we worked together and, uh, man, she is a, she was a fierce saleswoman and led a team, a sales team, managed a team and we competed a lot. I was always trying to, trying to take your team down. So known you for many years. So she is unfortunately, um, in a fraternity of people that no one wants to be in. Um, a few years ago, her son Chandler was taken way too soon as a part of crime here in Springfield. So maybe just share about Chandler. Some people know your story, but just give us an update and just tell us who he was and share your heart. Sure. Um, Chandler Sweeney, he was murdered um, February 1st, 20 of 21. Um, you know, like you would imagine, it was a, uh, you know, nightmare. Um, he was 23 years old and um, he had just bought a home about six months earlier. I remember him calling me at 23. I don't know about you, but I didn't own my own home at that time. <laughs> and uh, he said, Mom, I just bought my own home. And, um, you know, soon thereafter, he said he was going to get some roommates um, to pay for his mortgage. Um, he was a real estate agent, and he was also a um, part-time chef at Jim's Steakhouse. So if you've ever eaten at Jim's, he may have... Uh, made a steak for you. So he worked there for many years. All of my boys did. Um, but again, he uh, just wanted um, roommates. Um, he put an ad on for roommates. And, um, you know, the last roommate that came in there, uh, you know, my son did not do drugs at all. But this person started dealing drugs out of his home. He was there less than two weeks. Two people came. Um, they were gang members. It's, again, hard for me to even conceive that these people were in the same home as my son. Um, they came in. Um, something went wrong. Chandler happened to be home. He had two jobs, so he wasn't there very often. He had a, you know, a part a part of his living area was in the garage area. But he happened to be in the front room, and on the way out, they shot my son, and he was uh, murdered. So In his own home. In his own home. Yeah. And, you know, what I think you know, led to it because I, I raised him, you know, you, you've known me for years. You've known Chandler when he was a little bitty guy, you know. Um, I raised him to assume goodwill. Um, I know his heart. I mean, if I'm guessing, I'm sure this guy had the story of I'm going to get my life back, trying to get my life back on track. He was trying to help him out. And, um, you know, that's really probably what led to it. So, I, and I'm, I want to tell you there, scoot real close. I know you're talking a little bit soft. We want people to be able to hear you. Okay. Um, but so I just, I look at that and I, and I follow this story. I remember just the day that it happened and getting the call from your family. And man, this is a young guy who believed in giving people second chances. He was making it for himself. You'd raised him to be self-sufficient, 23 years old, bought his own home, was looking for roommates, but wanted to find people that he could really give a second chance to. Right. And I know it's kind of against your mom's better judgment. I mean, just, you know, wish that it would have been different people and he didn't judge people and did that. And they brought violence to his own home. Right. This young man sitting in his house, a drug dealer, drug dealer in the back went bad. They came out, shot him and he gets shot and dies. And so 
recently you went to court on on this and um i understand that the 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 people that were responsible were found guilty yes um so there was three defendants the individual that lived in that room um there was uh Paul Morales, the person who shot my son, and then there was another individual. Um, we did go to trial with um, Paul. He was found guilty on all accounts. We um, That was just a few weeks ago. We will have another um, sentencing on the end of January. So that, you know, the system is very uh, slow, <laughs> very brutal. So it took us quite a bit to get, you know, to trial. Shelly, I just got to ask you, uh, I mean, I've covered a number of trials over the year. I've seen family members, you know, of the victims in those trials. And and I know that nothing ever really provides true closure in a situation like this. But but what, you know, when Morales uh, was found guilty of second-degree murder, uh, and, and I'm assuming you probably sat through quite a bit of the trial, um, how rough is that experience? Because do you feel like you're going through everything all over again? And then once it's over, what feelings do you have when that trial's over? Yeah. Um, I sat through all of it. Um, yeah. I sit through every court date. I was there every time. Um, I, for me, I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very difficult. It was a really emotional week. There was, um, you know, they show autopsy reports. They show, um, you know, it was brutal, but I have been able to separate, you know, the crime in my son and being able to see that, you know, that's not my son. Right. You know, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's in a well, better Well, that's a good place. separation to be able to make. Is it, that, that does help provide you with a way to get past this, right? It, you have to, right? Yeah. Like if, if you can't, you know, you either, you do one of two things, you go in a dark hole or you just get up every morning and put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, and you don't want to be dep- you don't want to have depression the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. And would my son want that? You know, that's really the driving force is what would your child want for you? You know, that's the mission. And we'll talk about it later, but the do better be better. Um, you know, for me, cuz you think about um the pain of it, you know, the suffering and pain from a mother, you know, the physicalness of it. It is exactly what people think you couldn't imagine it right. it's a, no. it worse than you could imagine but it, that's intense love right so, you know all of that grief is love and for me there's so much energy and so much um you got to do something with that which is why i end up here talking to you all you know what for me my son's life has to mean something so we Good. and it can't represent that crime and setting in court but to answer your question you know what did that it does bring it forward. I knew that I would be, I didn't want to prepare myself for any sort of relief because there's never that relief that comes. There's never that, you know, peace that really comes. It's, I always explain it as kind of checking the box and this is the box of justice, you know, and, and Alex and I have talked about it before, but I've always separated my path to justice and my path to peace because if I relied on this path to justice that is brutal and you're sitting there in the courtroom and um, I'm looking at this individual who you want desperately to just say they're sorry and be remorseful, it's not the way it goes. Normally they just sit there, you know, like all of those things, you cannot put your peace into that. So there was some letdown and some depression, if I'm being honest. Um, We had to reschedule this, Alex, right? And um, part of that was I got really sick and, if I'm being honest, I think it definitely was, you know, the experience of the trial and everything I went through. Sure. 
Absolutely. I'm just going to say this, Shelly. I mean, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. You are one of the strongest people that I know. I've, and I say that from, from decades of watching you. I remember, um, I remember us when we worked at MCI, you bringing your three boys in. I think you're serving. And was it the National Guard or the Reserve? Which one? Reserves. Reserves. Yeah, I was in the Army. Yeah, the Army Reserves. And I remember you being on a weekend with them. You came in in uniform. You're dragging those little three little ducklets behind you because you had to come in and check on your team to see if you were winning. I mean, that's how <laughs> that's how crazy uh, strong you were. You're supposed to be there for five minutes, and two hours later, you're still there. Your boys are looking for stuff to do, and um, you're strong. I was a little competitive. Very competitive. <laughs> and... I love the way that you are taking this because you have three boys and Chandler was the youngest. Tell me the, the two older boys' names as well. Garrett um, and Taylor's my middle one. Garrett is 30, Taylor's or 31 now. Taylor's 29. Um, they're both in the military. One's um, still in the Guard and then one's active duty in um, California right now. And thank you for your family service to you as well. But just the, the definition of strength and to be able to come and do this. And I'm just so thankful that this is, is happening now because, you know, you're taking that pain and we, people experience pain and, and no one wants to experience that. No one wants to be a part of the fraternity that you're in, but we all have our pain. And there are people that are listening right now who are hurting, who are going into this holiday just with some, just, just, they don't want it to be there, you know, and, um, give, give, give some hope to them. Sure. Um, you know, for me, again, the first thing that I say is using your, you know, the grief could be from anywhere, but I'll come from a place of losing a loved one. You know, grief comes around the holidays for many different reasons. But for me, first, I had to, uh, first step is using my son as a guiding light. Um, secondly, find other people that understand your pain. I had to find other mothers. Um, thirdly, as soon as I could, I had to start giving back. You know, when you find other mothers and parents who have lost loved ones, um, it takes you out of your own grief and reminds you quickly how it, it could have been worse. you got to find gratitude. And I know that sounds grief and gratitude can yeah. go together. You know, but well, you're a woman just, of faith, and I think that's what drives you as well. So. Well, yes. Yeah. Underneath all, like knowing that there's a, a bigger force in charge of all of this and that ultimately, really, Chandler is okay where he is at on the other side. Yeah in a beautiful place, um, he's okay. That's how you raised him. So, Well, um, Shelly's going to stick around, and we're going to talk about the organization that she started, Do Better, Be Better. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on crime here in Springfield. We've seen a lot of shootings and murders this year, and, and just get your thoughts on that. And so we'll do that right after we get this um, this local news report with Don Luzader. We're back. We're talking with Sherry, or Shelly Larrick. I, I said You've known me 30, 30 years. 30 years, okay. I know. <laughs> Shelly Larrick. I was trying to get the last name because I always taught you Shelly Sweetie. That's what I know you as originally. But um, she is in the fraternity that, again, no parent wants to belong to. She lost her son, Chandler, on February 1st of 2021. He was, he was murdered. I mean, he was murdered. There's just no other way of saying it, you know, um, in his own house um, by really people that were nefarious and doing drugs brought that mess into his own house and Chandler was just collateral damage working two jobs happened to be home some guys came in um, and they were dealing with one of the guys that he was allowing to rent a room from him and shot that guy and ended up shooting Chandler and Chandler died and so Shelly's here she's telling her story this last segment and I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it because 
you, when I look around and I sit across from Don every day and I hear him tell these stories about, you know, this person was murdered, this person was shot and killed and this couple. And it just seems like there's just so many of them here. The Springfield, um, um, police chief, Paul Williams, he's been confronted with like the surge in gun violence, like literally by the city council this last week. Just, and he had to address that there was three fatal shootings here in Springfield this last week. Um, do you, what, what's going on, Shelly? What's your, what are you thinking with this? Um, you know, you do start paying attention, certainly. Um, if you look at it through the eyes of mothers who have lost children and their support groups out there online. So if you go, and that's where I had to go first. I didn't know where to find other mothers who had children murdered, right? And, as you see these mothers coming in this, you know, Facebook support group, it was um, drugs, overdose. He was talking about it on the news. Yeah. Um, you know, some of them were murdered, but it's, it is, I, I will say in 2021, just to put things in perspective, it was one of our worst years ever. We had 29 murders. There was probably a couple more, I think 29 of them. Um, for us, that is extremely high. I think this year we're actually, I think we're at 16 or 17. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it's 25. Okay. Well, a, a lot has happened probably yeah. recently. And I know recently, um, a young man, a drive by shooting, right? That, I think that is the most recent one. Downtown, yeah. Um, you know, and those individuals, I do reach out to those individuals. Usually they're reeling, you know, if they need any support. But, um, you know, those, it was a 19 year old and two juveniles. So, um, you know, for me, I, I try to get to the root of the problem and it's complex, right? You know, you talk about guns, but as I pulled that apart, I'm like, you know, they had the guns illegally that shot, you know, my son. I think common sense, gun law, sure. And then I think about him talking about the overdoses and I think about the individual in that, you know, his roommate, he was an addict. And I do think that Drugs are the root of all, uh, you know, a lot of it. And then there's this other piece of it where our kids are very lost right now. They're looking for anything, something. And, you know, Springfield, we're right here, right on 44. There's a lot of drugs that come into this community. There's people coming from the bigger towns. They're looking for these addicts to do their work for them. You know, they're vulnerable. And, and yeah, I had some anger at first for, you know, the addict in his home. But as I think about the root of it, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it, it is complex. And for me, it is just paying attention, you know, to your community. And, um, yeah. And I want to say this too. Um, I, I, I just saw a different thing. I was wrong. It's 18, 18 people. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry about that. Good, right? I I correct that. 18. But it's ridiculous because that's just a lot of people getting killed in our town and our city. And, Here's the dilemma too, because as a, I, I, I realize now I have a platform. I'm a, you know, radio talk show host. I don't want to stir up unnecessary fear. You know, people, we don't want people to be, be afraid. Um, you know, however, this is, I mean, we, it's enough to where we're noticing. Um, I noticed the motorcycle deaths here now. And, you know, you're a motorcyclist. You guys ride. I've, I've ridden in the past. I don't have a bike now, but you notice these things and it's like, we, we as a community, as people of faith, first of all, yeah, pray, but we just have to get to what you're doing now. We have to do better and be better. And, and tell us about this organization that you've started. Sure. I mean, everyone has to do their part. And if you don't know where to start, it is your community. What's right in front of you, your neighbors first, right? 
Um, but it's just do, it's do better, be better, you know, and honestly, it, it's the only thing I could think to get out of my mouth when somebody asked me, what can we do? And I was just like, I don't, nothing, you know, nothing's going to bring my son back. We all just have to do better, be better because I was reeling with this. How did this happen? And how did this happen in my town? Um, you know, so what we do is I do a, a couple of things. We give scholarships away every year. We've already given away since his murder, um, four scholarships. We've given three away at Kickapoo. The last one that we gave away was through Division Youth Services. Um, and it was an at-risk teen. Um, I felt really good about that. It was a young lady getting her life back on track, making the right choices and decisions. She had not always made the right choices and decisions, awesome. but has some very difficult you know, life, um, things happen to her, but we were able to give her a $2,500 scholarship that was unconventional because these are teens who are just, you know, she was 17, but she already had her own job, getting ready to get her GED. Um, she lived in her own, uh, uh apartment. So we were able to fund that. So it, me and Jim Swafford, who owns Jim Steakhouse, we do fund that every year, um, trying to keep it simple. So, um, you know, that's what we do. And then I volunteer at, um, say, which is Springfield Advocates for Youth. It is attached to Division of Youth Services. It's just an organization that, um, uh, volunteers their time to try to help these teens and spend some time with them. Yeah. You uh, mentioned Jim Swafford. I just got to bring his name up. A good friend of my wife and my, and me. We've, we've eaten at Jim's and had lots of special occasions there. He is a, just a very generous person in this community who I think is, probably doesn't go recognized like he should. I totally agree with that. Jim is, you know, he won't say it, but probably like a second father, you know, to my yeah. boys. All three of my boys work there. So, um, you know, he does things like free advertising if he likes, you know, so right. another restaurant, which yeah. is crazy, right? But he is um, very humble. Um, you know, I do get the opportunity. He was with me when we gave that scholarship away. And, and I know that is so important to him. And, um, but yeah, he is, he is very generous. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. He's, he's, he always standing in the background, you know, <laughs> yes, quiet. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. I want to say this too, Shelly, and we only have like just about two more minutes, but I remember you telling a story, um, about the, I think it was the first time you gave a scholarship away. You got to give it to a young man who was connected to your, um, son. I mean, in some way with the, the baseball, do you remember that story? The guy, oh, that well, that's okay. Well, that's, that's a little bit different. I'll, I'll try to okay, tell the story. It was, Attached to um, I, I, Springfield Advocates for Youth, um, you know, I so my husband had somebody he knew worked in a, a division of youth services. She came up to me, asked me if I'd be willing to talk to some at-risk teens. I didn't know what that meant, but I said, sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, I went to this school and, you know, I talked to the director and we talked a little bit about, you know, what are you going to talk about? He asked me if, do you care if I ask who murdered your son? And I told him. Who, who did? He got quiet. Um, he happened to be his advocate. Like, I think it was 13 years prior. Wow. And he went to that very school. The person who murdered my son went wow. to this school, you know, which makes me think he did have a second chance. Those people care very much. You know, that director of that school and those that work in this, you know, trying to help these youth. Um, so he had a baseball. He showed me a baseball he happened to still have in the trophy case where Paul had signed it. They tried to get him involved in athletics. He was an athletic kid. He said he was infatuated with gang lifestyle. But um, I don't know. For whatever reason, Alex, he gave me that baseball, and I took it. And I had the baseball in one hand, and I had Chandler's 
uh, notebook. He had left me um, a notebook. <laughs> it was really a journal. I thought I was kind of afraid to open it, but all it had is all these wonderful quotes and goals that he was trying to achieve. So I had that notebook in one hand and the baseball in the other hand and just talked to these kids. I didn't lecture them. Wow. I just talked to them about my story and how to take really hard devastation and turn it around into something positive. And wow. those kids lined up and hugged me. It was, uh, I don't know, you know, ha- make sense of that. Was that a coincidence? I, I don't that. know. I love that story. Yeah. Um, Shelly Larrick here. Um, do better, be better. How can people get in touch with your organization? Um, I know you're low key and you, and I'm going to say this. I want people to get in touch because you're giving out scholarships. You're doing something good and you're doing it self by yourself. I mean, I want people to be involved in helping. There's people that want to help to take some, this bad thing. You lost your son Chandler and to do some good with it. You're giving scholarships to other people. And so what, how can they get in touch with you? I, I appreciate that, Ali. It's, it's, it's funded by me and Jim now. You know, we do have dreams of making it bigger where, you know, we can give it to other um, kids. But it really is just right now the easiest way is through Facebook. Um, Shelly uh, Larrick, um, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-L-A-R-R-I-C-K. You can direct message me or um, try to contact, contact me there. Or I guess they could always call you out. Call us. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'd like to do? Um, with this, if you don't mind, I'd love to put this segment on our Facebook, and then that way, when people listen to it, they can hear. It. And if you want to get in touch, um, contact us at the station, contact me, or Shelly will get you in touch. Because this is something when this this one touches my heart. Because I mean, I, I remember getting the call that night. And I, I remember coming over and just sitting with you and crying with you and just hugging you and listening to music with you and just praying with you. And I've seen you walk through this and. You know, you are, you've turned this and you're using it for good. And I know your son and we don't want it to be for nothing. And you're turning something positive. And so, um, do better, be better. And so, Shelly Larrick, thank you for your strength. Thank you for being here. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. God bless you. So, do better, be better. Hey, we're going to be back with the morning dump and, um, we'll do that right after this traffic.